Be a part of the Fredericton Freeze women's basketball team's $100 from 100 fundraising campaign. The Maritime Women's Basketball League team is seeking $100 from 100 businesses for their 2024 operating expenses. Email MWBA at outlook.com or fredertonfreeze.ca for details. It's a Fredericton treat on the north side and a proud supporter of the Late Scratches podcast, covering sports of all sorts in the Fredericton region. Dixie Lee has been serving our loyal customers for decades at 115 Gibson Street. Our staff is always ready to serve up your favorites at Dixie Lee for dine-in or takeout options. We know you have plenty of choices for food fuel, but we hope Dixie Lee is on your list. Call us at 455-8800 or better yet, come on in to Dixie Lee. Hi, welcome to Lake Scratches Podcast, episode 15. Uh, Bill Gibson here with Brad James. We are on location, Brad. We are on location at the Greystone Brewery Tap Room, as a matter of fact. They uh, gave us the uh, the membership for the night here. It's a great spot. You can tell it's a little tinny with the background, but that's okay. They wanted to put us away from the general public, so uh, that's why. Uh, yeah, I don't, I don't blame them for that. We've got a couple of great guests here again. Again, my favorite thing, we get to talk to coaches. That's right, and they weren't very happy because I dragged them away from the bar, but uh, glad to be uh, uh, joined here tonight by... <laughs> Longtime coach Peter Kelly and a longer time coach John Hickey. So Peter Kelly, an assistant coach with University of New Brunswick Reds women's team, has been a multiple coach uh, with basketball in New Brunswick, including Canada Games and uh, numerous nationals as head coach and assistant coach, longtime FHS assistant coach, and of course Coach Hickey. Uh, similar resume with basketball in New Brunswick, uh, Leo Hayes High School, and now a head coach at St. Thomas University men. So uh, a lot of knowledge going on here tonight from the coaching. Maybe we just step aside, Gibby. Uh, yeah, and it's going to have a little bit of fun here tonight too. This is the Christmas episode, so we've got a little something special here at the end right. for... Uh, uh, for Christmas, some little stocking stuffers, maybe. Um, so, where do we want to start? Lots going on in the basketball world. Lots of feedback from last week. Again, another basketball episode. Coach King, in advance of the Rick Cotter uh, Classic, uh, I was there for most of the tournament on the girls' side. I know you guys, uh, in ter- terms of our guests here, were there as well, John, following the boys more, of course, and Pete, the girls. Yeah, I think that's uh, where we can start, yeah, because tis the season, right it's uh, the university season, of course, shut down now, uh, getting set for January reboot, and I know both of you are anxious for January to get here so you can get back on the court, but uh, this is the season when you see a lot of high school tournaments, so uh, both of you, Peter and John, uh, you must be spending a lot of time watching the, the high school players and, and see what's coming uh, coming up. Peter? Yeah, I mean, that's the the nice part about the uh, the exam kind of shut down. I guess it's an opportunity for us to uh, spend our weekends watching some of the, the next talent to come in uh, rather than, you know, be in the gym on the road um, doing our own thing. So, yeah, it's a, a Rick Cotter is always a staple. Absolutely. And, John, it's, it's when you look at uh, what's out there and it's not just – uh, the Fredericton area, or even New Brunswick, you see it with Cotter with teams coming in from from all over, and that has to be a big boost as well because you can sit in the gym all night and and watch players that aren't normally in the Fredericton area. Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, as I said, PK and I usually cross paths. He's leaving the girls' game. I'm walking in for the boys' game. Yeah. That happens a lot. But yeah, my Thursday and Fridays were spent at uh, at the Cotter. Saturday, I drove to Moncton to watch the 506, and then drive back to watch. The finals for the Cotter on Sunday, so no, it was a great weekend. And recruiting is 
most people can walk into the gym right away, and I know Peter, you and I talked about this on, on Saturday, and know who the best player on the court is. But is that necessarily what you're looking for? Is that fair, Peter? Or do you watch a player from the time they enter the gym to the time the game's over? Tell me how that part works. Uh, I mean, especially in New Brunswick, I'd say most, most times I kind of have a pulse on who I'm already there to see. Uh, so yeah, I'd say I'm watching everything from the from the time they walk in, what their interactions are like with mom and dad and coach, and when things are going well and when they're not going well. Um, yeah, and just kind of what the highs and lows really look like. So Pete, you UMB's already announced one recruit this year, Sasha Dab out of Nova Scotia. I know you were two recruits this year. Yeah, I missed one somewhere <laughs> along the way. I know you, I know Sasha Dab for sure. Uh, Zoe Olskamp from. Uh, She's uh, Charlottetown Rural. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that name was around this weekend as well. Yeah. Um, I missed that. Um, so, yeah, I know for sure with Sasha, you were at uh, TV station, almost at Harbor Station again, almost cost me another quarter. Um, there for the U-17s when she played. Uh, you were in the gym when Armbray was here at the Cotter last year. What is that recruiting process like with someone like Sasha? I mean, it's long, I would say, and John can probably vouch for this. There's uh, spreadsheets of athletes who are, you know, first year high school. So you're just kind of uh, keeping tabs on, on them and their progress and speaking with their coaches and watching what they look like uh, against the best in the country, which um, is always my favorite. I really like watching the summer basketball and, and what that competition level looks like. And that's interesting for both of you where you've coached at the basketball at Brunswick level, so you're going to U17 or U15 championships. You really get to see, A, what's inside the Maritimes, but well beyond as well. Oh, 100%. I spent last year at Bishops where essentially my B&B career kind of started, right, with, with Canada Games in 2012-2013. So watched for a week. Touch base with the coaches from Newfoundland, Nova Scotia, and for us, we're probably looking Saskatchewan. That's probably more realistic um, with the CCAA and ACAA. Um, but yeah, that's our process for sure as well. And yeah, Pete's right. Like, it's it's a long time. Is it a different? Uh, I don't want to say selling job, that recruiting job to get players to come. I mean, the Atlantic University sport is a competitive venue there's no doubt about that but a player in Saskatchewan or even Ontario may not know of the AUS outside of hockey well fair? we we had we had one guy who's with us now who thought St. Thomas was on the west coast <laughs> when we go. first when we first started talking yeah. so I mean it's not yeah it's so not a little bit of geography lessons involved yeah I mean we're talking to kids out of Ontario and Atlantic provinces aren't necessarily on those kids radar right so but you get them here and they figure out pretty uh, quickly that it's a good spot to be is that fair yeah i mean it, it depends on what they're looking for honestly but uh i always feel like if we can get someone on a visit uh to unb then i mean the facilities and whatnot we're pretty fortunate they speak for themselves and the, and the community is great as well so if they can kind of see those things and start to picture themselves uh in this community then uh i mean like the the team chemistry and all those things those take care of itself on the visit as well so um yeah we just got to get them on the visit yeah i go back to the katie butts episode for that one i mean she was the pandemic recruit and had no idea it was a virtual visit i think with katie yeah 100 percent. yeah we were taking uh i think i was walking around the curry center with my phone on, on facetime i mean it was, that was a different time to recruit for sure so people 
I mean, athletes were gambling on you at that point, just that uh, you had everything that you said you had. Um, but you just try to paint as clear of a picture as possible. And I think uh, the more honest and uh, transparent you can be, the better too, because like you can offer what you can offer. Like every university operates a little bit differently, has different perks. Um, so yeah, it has to align with what they're looking for as well. I'd be interested to know COVID, obviously, I'm not going to say it's in the rear view mirror, but was there a jam? Uh, you know, obviously a season and a half was lost. Are we, are we getting out of that jam now or are we still in the midst of it? And by the jam, I mean somebody may have committed and got two extra years or an extra year or whatever instead of leaving. Uh, and all of a sudden, those the, the first year players may have been up against it. Is it starting to make its way back to quote unquote normal? You, you still have end-of-year players who have extra years. And you'll, you'll see all the time, like, they're still playing? And, yep, they've got two years left, right? So, um, yeah, no, it's still, like, your senior players are still COVID players that have extra eligibility. Has that made it a little more difficult? Like, maybe as a coach, you don't need as much as under normal circumstances because you know player A or player B is going to two more years? I think the unknown makes it more challenging because they could be kind of done their academic venture but not use their eligibility up. So then they're kind of making that decision, uh, you know, in our case of something, uh, you know, academically makes sense for them at UNB um, or if they're kind of on to the next thing, which, you know, selfishly you hate to see that because if they end up transferring out, obviously we've benefited from, from the other end of that with uh, – you know, Jay Davino and, and Reese Baxendale, but um, yeah, it, it's a, it's pretty hard to know because there's even, uh, you know, right now there's still some unknowns. Yeah, but I think we're about two years out, likely, from that happening. Interesting. Yeah. John, I think this was a question I asked you maybe at a UMB game when we were sitting together there. When someone talks about recruiting, my head immediately goes to the NCAA and a thousand rules, and I believe it was you who told me it's not really like that. I was going to say, you're going to make me remember that answer? <laughs> um, Verbatim. No, I mean, we don't have, I mean, there are obviously restrictions where you can't be speaking to kids while they're playing and, and things of that nature. I mean, you wouldn't do that, hopefully, anyway, just out of, just out of respect. But out, outside of that, there's not a window um, for, for us. Okay. But, yeah, you just... If, if, well, I shouldn't say that because teams can look at our bench because we're an ACAA school and say, you should, you should come play for us. And there's nothing, there's nothing we can do about it. Right? So. Because yeah. the NCAA obviously but there's no has, real restrictions. has that window and everything else that goes along with it. I mean, that's such a, an interesting, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Entity is the NCAA, as exciting as everything it gets and all that in March Madness. I mean, the basketball in Canada is, is incredible to watch as well. Our own version of February Frenzy and March Madness is, uh, is just as much fun. And I just love to see more people get a grasp on it and watch more of the games. Yeah, I mean, it's interesting because there, there are some additional rules at the U-sport level, um, you know, that do come into play. But um, there's also some unwritten rules and just things that you don't do. Like John mentioned, uh, like you're not going to approach a, uh, an athlete when they're in there at nationals, you know, competing for a national championship. You just you just don't do that. Um, so little things like that. Um, and then, yeah, we have official and unofficial visits and um, some different stipulations there. 
but I'd say NCAA has their own set of challenges in terms of like transfer portals and, and different things like that that we don't have to deal with. Um, you know, if someone signed with us, uh, signed their letter of intent, um, and then play, it, you know, there are some things that kind of protect the, the athlete in that school for a little while. So uh, I think, Pete, your list got a little bit longer in terms of recruits from that Halifax grammar team this weekend that won it all at the Connor Classic. <laughs> That was a really young team that played really well. Yeah, uh, I would say across the board, and and again, I don't I don't know if it's a a COVID thing as well, but the grade ten class on the girls' side is exciting <laughs> in the Maritimes right now. Um, you know, there are great players uh, from from all the all the provinces right now. So uh, that was exciting, and and that grammar team, yeah, they were they were quite talented and. Every time I see them, they're, they're getting better. So uh, it's kind of everything was coming together for them this weekend, I yeah, thought. It, it sure did in, that, uh, in the final for sure. And John, is that the same on the guy side? The great 10s are strong? Is that true there too? Yeah, I mean, the 10s are strong. The 10s, the 10s are really good. That U15 team that we sent, I mean, we didn't show necessarily as well as we wanted to at Nationals for New Brunswick. But that's a good group with a lot of potential for sure. You can see a New Brunswick coaching that grammar team. Yeah, Eric Nissen. Mm -hmm. Ah, yes, that's right. Ended up uh, need him need him back home coaching our kids back here. And, uh, ended up playing professionally. Uh, and he was in Japan. In Japan, yeah, absolutely. So that's where Eric ended up. He's never back. So. Yeah, he was ducking, walking through the doorway. No doubt. <laughs> uh, so speaking of Halifax, which is a part of Nova Scotia, um, basketball Nova Scotia made a lot of news uh, last weekend, banning parents from the gymnasium basketball gymnasiums uh, province-wide. Now, John, you and I have worked uh, together at Basketball in New Brunswick. Peter, I know you've been a long-time Basketball in New Brunswick uh, coach. Um, I know we've had, or we had our share of, of issues with unruly fans uh, towards players, minor officials, and officials. Um, but that step was never taken at BNB to ban fans. I know there was talk about it, and that's the truth. Uh, what are your thoughts on that? Uh, what unfolded on the weekend? <laughs> go ahead. He says, <laughs> you go ahead. You, you, you start the fire. Yeah. Oh, I don't. I, I mean, I don't know what the right answer is. To to be honest, I mean, I think everybody recognizes there's an issue. Um, a mass ban. Do I do I think that's the answer? Well, I mean, obviously not. Uh, certainly not a long term so solution. Um, was it lovely during COVID? to coach basketball and to referee basketball with no fans? Absolutely, with kids not having to worry about messing up from looking in the bleach, all, all of those things. Yeah, I mean, that was, that was obviously great. We've said for years that the biggest issue with youth sports are adults. That's, that's a common conversation. Um, it's certainly starting a conversation. Not that the conversation hasn't been ongoing, but it's certainly sped the conversation up because we do not have any officials. Right. We are and not you're, far you're, off. You're an official as well, so you can speak from both sides. Well, used to be. Used to be. <laughs> well, stop. Yeah, coaching kind of got in the way of that. But still, you've been on the floor and, and heard the words. Now you're, you know... You've got a dagger-proof jersey. You always had that stuff that you would just kind of laugh off, but not everybody does, and just constant. It has to be something that makes you wonder, why am I doing this? Certainly not for the money. Yeah, well, I mean, I, I, I'll say as a university student, it was great money. 
right? It's a great it's a great way to make money as a university student. So I'm not sure why more university students aren't doing it. But you see the same thing. There are not very many young coaches anymore either. Especially on the right side. Yeah, not not no young referees, no young coaches, because you can't do anything right. Is so. that, from an official's point of view, I mean, basketball is such a, it's a quick sport, and so many things happen in, in, in the stands. Was that a double dribble? You know, it, that you're, you're wondering that, but an official has to call that as it happens. Um, is that, is it because it's fast, because the rules come in? Maybe some of the fans don't exactly know all the rules. Uh, is that well, That's obvious most yeah. of the time. Okay, yeah. No, no but that's fair. I mean, that's, that's good to hear. Yeah. yeah. I mean, there are very few people in the bleachers. Well, first off, they're all... They all have a biased opinion, right. every one of them. They want what's best for their kid and their kid alone, more often than not. But the majority of fans, I th Peter, would you agree with me? The majority of fans that are going to the games, whether it's, I don't know, under 11, and you're involved with that, your daughter, your oldest daughter is involved now, um, are there for the right reasons to cheer, A, their child, and B, their child's team. Uh, but every once in a while, things get a little goofy. Well, I, I mean, John nailed it. Like, everyone's there for their child. And, uh, yeah, I'm going through the same thing right now. But the problem is is when that goes too far. Um, and, and you don't understand the rule to back up the call or, or whatever. Um, and I know at under 11, like, there was a, a guy this past weekend. Uh, I was just chatting with one of the, the older officials, and he was mentoring uh, a younger uh, official and it was like his 10th game ever um, you know putting on the stripes so it, it's just a complete we have to allow a little bit of flexibility to learn right like we make mistakes as, as coaches all the time uh, the problem is with refereeing it's just, it's on display so if you make a mistake everyone in the gym sees it and, and they're willing to have an opinion on that whether it's right or wrong um, and yeah, the game's quick, so you're not going to get everything right. And I think uh, Rick Cotter actually had a great quote once. Uh, there was an athlete on on the UMB team who uh, wasn't thrilled with the refereeing one game, and and uh, he looked right at them. And whether it's right or wrong, uh, it, well, he was right. Um, he looked right at her and said, "You make more mistakes in a game, and uh, in, in a single game, than a referee does." Right. So, and. and 100% accurate. Like the, it's just their mistakes are on display, and they're getting scrutinized for them. I remember I said to somebody, I said to a player one time, and I think it would have been men's league or something like that. Somebody was giving me crap for a missed call. I said, when you go nine for ten, then you can say something to me. Yeah. Right? But it's, yeah. and don't get me wrong, I'm guilty as a coach too. Uh, right? Yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> There's no doubt. Um, that's why I always thought basketball coaches should be behind the bench, like in hockey. But you know, I could go on about that. For a while. You probably but, want to change on the fly. Yeah, too, yeah absolutely, right? like, <laughs> absolutely. That's my big thing. Changing. How much fun would you have changing on the fly? Imagine the matchups. Imagine if we could speed up. If we could speed our team up a little more, that'd be fantastic, <laughs> wouldn't it? But John, I remember uh, you at NMS coaching middle school, and it was boys. I don't know what grade it was. You were coaching, and you were also coaching Leo Hayes, and you were five up. Next five, next didn't matter, and you, you you were there to coach and get them to at that age, especially just learn the basics. You weren't concerned about winning, and I you know I, I remember parents going, "Why did you have this player out there?" And it was just five on, five off, and it was a middle school short season, and you know years later you look back and it's kind of the right thing to do. Let them all play. 
Oh, I mean those those ages for sure. I mean everybody needs everybody needs to be playing. The the last thing you want anybody to do when they're 12, 13 is to leave not liking the game. You see that well that Padraig Harrington yeah. thing on X or Twitter or whatever it's called now is is going on right now and that's that's bang on. That was pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. That's bang on and that's I mean Kids need to love the game, and if they don't ever play or they don't ever touch the ball or somebody's always giving them crap when they're 10, they're not going to like it. Like and that's PGA star who, who came out in an interview essentially saying, go out and enjoy something after with your child and then talk about the game and then just promote the love of game, I guess. Yeah, um, leave yeah, leave before they get tired right. was one of it too. <laughs> yeah. Like leave before they get tired and right. cranky and it becomes a job. It's at, like I'm literally living this right now as a parent and as a parent who understands the game um, and I completely agree like I watch under 11 like too much under 11 lately but um, yeah you know you, you see coaches double triple shifting to win at the end and you know all these different things that are happening just to, to bend the rules in their favor and fortunately my daughter plays for uh doug thompson and he, he does a great job and you know it's just about all the kids playing and having a great experience it's as much about them jumping in the pool uh between games as it is actually playing the game they don't care at the end if they won or lost right so Harry queen still tastes pretty good yeah right yeah. we're joined uh, we're at graystone brewery tonight uh in the tap room with uh, peter kelly and john hickey and of course my swell co-host bill gibson and we're just waxing poetic about anything and everything on this Christmas edition of Late Scratches. Gibby, what you got? Yeah, I'm going to ask a big question here. We kind of danced around this in the last one. What is the right role for parents in sport? Support the coach and their child. Like, I, I think at the end of the day, like, you want your child to love it. Uh, if they enjoy it, then you're just there to support them. I think the the best thing like i try to do is is when molly comes off i just ask her if she has fun and and that's all i say i don't critique her uh, skill or basketball or anything like that and that's not easy to do uh trust me but uh yeah and and then i think you equally have to show that you're supporting the coach and their decisions and and you know the referees like all of it like it's just about having fun and getting better and I mean, there's there was a a study done years ago, and I, I don't get me wrong, I forget who who did the study, but it was what is the best thing to stay to your kids after, and the kids of a certain age, the young kids, and it was did you have fun, and the statement was I love to watch you play, and like those those alone, right, are just I love to watch you play. And I think as a parent, a former player as well, now that her career's on, it's, it's tough. So you have to enjoy it during that. It's not a huge, it's, you know, it doesn't last long. Like it's middle school and then it's high school and then it's university and then it's over. And then you're like, okay, you're watching other people's kids, right? So that's kind of my take on it. Enjoy it while you can. And you're going to get wrapped up in it. There's no doubt about that. But enjoy it as much as you can because it does not last very long. So like no doubt I'm going to have a terrible moment at some point. Um, but... Yeah, I, I think the only things that you should really be commenting on are like attitude and effort, right? Like if you see that, you know, if I see my daughter's not paying attention or not trying her best, like that that's a totally different discussion than, you know, something skill-based or... Well, those are life skills. Yeah. yeah. Right? 
Yeah, you're absolutely right. Those are life skills. So are there times as a coach you look to parents for a particular type of support or a particular thing out of a parent? At, at the university level? Not anymore. At the youth level more so than university, I'm sure. I mean, don't, don't get me wrong, we, we still do because we had, uh, I'm going to say about a month ago, we had a team gathering at a parent's house, yeah. right? So where we had a team lunch and we had parents over um, for lunch, not just parents. Gibby, you were able to join us. So, so, so things, things like that, we still lean on parents for, but not when it comes to, you know, pulling in funding for for programs like like you need at the youth level or anything like that. We don't. Yeah, the the only other extreme would be like support on you know sort of like disciplinary uh, type type action, but. Uh, yeah, no, at the university level, it's, it's a little easier in that regard, but uh, it's, it's usually pleasant. It's, you know, having the, having the whole team over for a meal or, or whatever, like John said. You're yeah. at the McCarthy's for a team meal and tells you how old I am. I coached Paul in high school baseball in Grand Falls. That, that does that tell you. Yesterday. That does tell us how old you, you are. You should have left that out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Every time I see him, I'm like, man. Kibby yeah. might have to edit that later. <laughs> He's smart ass back then too. Yeah. Yeah. So, so let's go back and talk about the referees. We started down that one with the, the Nova Scotia action. I believe a year or two ago, there was something similar in Moncton where they either threw a bunch of people out of the gym, which I'm sure happens semi-regularly, or or something like that. I'm sure I heard that not that long ago. Um, I sit at the Connor Classic, and, and this is probably the most delicate way that I can say this. Some of the officials that are there... They've been roughing a long time, and they've got a lot more years behind the ref than they've got in front of them. Where, how are we gonna, they, we have to have officials to play the games. Where are they, they gonna come from? How do we get people interested in that? Yeah, I was wondering if there's gonna be a question there. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I don't know. Um, yeah, we, we, need, we need referees. And I mean, I was, we were in one of our group chats uh, somebody sent a message last week and said in one of the U11 rec games in town that one of our one of our young referees left partway through crying because the parents and the coaches were not and she said I don't she was a thir- it was a 13 year old referee in an 11 rec game right so I mean I don't know my brother and I were talking about talking about this when he was up for the Cotter this weekend, so Pete and I, and we said, is there actually a conversation, like Bantam or below, between coaches, referees, parents and referees that could actually possibly help the game? Because signage isn't going to do it when you walk in and see a no. sign in the gym. That's... No, and the announcements before the game, right. all it is is, we told you so. Right. right? It doesn't really change approach or attitude, I, I can't imagine. Well, and you can't get them everywhere. <clears throat> There's not people there's, announcing every game. And there's not enough people to monitor gyms either because, right. you know, there are not enough gyms. So, I don't know. We, like, I can't think of a constructive conversation. First off, most coaches at a young age don't know the game in depth enough. And young referees at that age probably can't explain their calls well enough to to alleviate a situation. Who, who knows what the answer is, but there's probably not a conversation that is constructive at those young ages between 
anybody. One thing I've always wanted to have, especially when I was president of BNB, was a basketball symposium. Wide ranging, not just game, like nothing to do with games, but have officials, have coaches, have young youth coaches, and, and, and bring in some high level people as well. And I still think it would work. I don't know how it would work, but I, because the season's almost 12 months long now, and, uh, but I still think there's a place for it. And just now, if you're having it in New Brunswick, maybe uh, it's not going to go past the province, but uh, it's got to be about communication. I think everything's about communication. Where's the off-ramp for most players that have a decent grasp of the game? Is that the high school level? Is there a path that we need to build from people who finish high school who don't play university level into officiating somehow? Yeah, I mean, right now their perception would be that they really, like, they really need to love the game to want to you know, continue on in that way. Uh, I think there's a larger conversation on the women's side. Is I, I would say the exit's even sooner than that. Uh, it's like 12. Uh, but that goes to the conversation earlier around, uh, you know, loving basketball and, and sticking with it. Um, I don't like. I don't think there's a one answer to all this. Is what's really challenging. I think it's like a collective responsibility uh, in a lot of ways. And um, and when I say that, I think we have to kind of point at ourselves too when we're when we're in gyms uh and seeing these things happen like you know i wouldn't say john and i are shy people and and we would probably correct people if we knew they were blatantly wrong uh in the stands um which is tough when you're they're recruiting sometimes but i even know at uh at my daughter's games if parents are saying things and i don't like it i'll have a conversation with them just because I, I just don't think it's right. Like, you know, they're, they're young referees or inexperienced referees, and they're trying. They're, they're trying their best, just like, just like our, our children are, right? Like, they're, they're not perfect. You could call something. You could call a travel every possession if you wanted at, at under 11. So uh, it's just they got to pick and choose at that point what they're going to call and when. So your, your youth comment on girls, that's going back to the episode with Charlene and Madeline and – that has skyrocketed up our, our listens list. Uh, I get comments on that one all the time, and of all the episodes we've we've had so far, that's the one you end up engaged in the longest conversation with people on. A lot of people say, "Oh, the Tom Coolen episode was great," or "The Stew Preview was great," and they they talk about this and that. But you end up talking a lot longer about girls in basketball. It happened to me at my work Christmas party this Friday. The spouse of a coworker said, "Hey, I listened to your podcast that one episode and." That was my daughter. She walked into the gym and she saw everybody there in their BNB jerseys, in their Reds jerseys, and she didn't have one on, and she didn't felt didn't feel like she belonged, and she laughed. So that's it's, it's it's such a big issue, right? It's so a big every, issue everywhere, there, and that's, all that's why everybody can connect with it. Right. There's only so many people that care about St. Thomas basketball or UNB basketball, but they care. Everybody cares as they should about females, women in sport. Right. So I mean, that's that's why. And rightfully so, everybody everybody connects with that because everybody has a young daughter, young niece, young whatever, right? Whomever um, who's been affected by it negatively in a way. So yeah, I mean, we definitely have to fix it. it was I watched when we were in Moncton for the NCAA weekend. We watched the Bantam game, and I said to one of the organizers, "I forgot how crazy Bantam basketball was." Yeah. It's it's crazy. It's absolutely crazy. Everybody is screaming. 
And you wonder why kids get stressed. Like, kids are 12. Like, they forget their sneakers, right? You got three people yelling up at them what to do. You got, it's, it's crazy. Yeah, no wonder they're no wonder they're filled with anxiety. Yeah, no, that's fair. And I mean, you know, you grew up as a teacher, Peter John. You're teaching now, so you see it uh, in the classroom. And it's uh, sports is supposed to be that release, isn't it? It's supposed to be that uh, safe space, that opportunity to get that emotion out, get that uh, physical activity going, and all those studies that show physical activity enhances life for the most part but yeah uh, I, I believe it because if you're stressed out if, if you're in school and you know you've got a 3.30 game and it's gonna you may be yelled at yeah. well and, and the other thing too if I don't do this basketball camp in the summer if I don't do this skating camp in the summer I'm gonna fall behind I think that's a big thing <laughs> like, I, I, no you're not you're yeah. not gonna fall behind <laughs> right. play the other sports yeah I mean I, I, as much I, as I love people I, to come to our basketball camp right. play other sports yeah, absolutely play the other sports yeah, I couldn't agree more. Like, I, I make Molly shut it down and go in tennis and soccer and, you know, do all those other things. Um, but there is there is a lot of that pressure. Like, you should be in this camp. Um, if you're not on the A and the B team, then, you know, you can pretty much uh, kiss your basketball career goodbye the rest of the way. Um, and and the, the children feel that. Like, they think it's over if they're not doing those things. So... But it's, it's the adults putting the, that pressure on the children to make those decisions. Can you imagine having to make a decision about your basketball or hockey career when you're 12? How crazy does that sound? It was, uh, yeah. <laughs> but, it's, but you're not wrong. It's no, not it's true. You and I were walking here tonight talking about the fact that it's plus 11. But, and again, hockey season started in October, ended when the ice came out in March. And it was whatever. And then it was baseball and into soccer. And so don't like seeing that that someone's well, carrying their hockey gear 11 months a year Mo- molly's basketball season is longer than umb's basketball season 100 and then and then there's spring league right and then there's and then there's the next <laughs> thing and then there's camps and yeah. uh you know you're fight you're fighting for kids to be playing 12 months of the year at this point like 11 if the sport is even thinking of uh the children at all Peter, you took, uh, and, and just switching gears a little bit, you were a soccer player, so a bit, but a, a multi-sport athlete as well. Tell me a little bit how uh, you, all of a sudden you're a uh, university soccer player and now you're a long-term basketball coach. How does that uh, uh, off-ramp, speaking of off-ramps, happen? <laughs> uh, well, I mean, I think everyone who knows, uh, knows me knows I'm not a big guy. Uh, so at some point, I think soccer was going to choose me over, over basketball anyway, and uh, but I grew up, I played everything. Like if, if there was a ball or some sort of competition involved, like I wanted to do it. I, I even did like track and field and cross country and things I can't even imagine doing anymore. But uh, when I was in middle school or whatever, I played volleyball, badminton, like just whatever it was, uh, I wanted to do it. I remember my parents lugging me from one thing to the next. Like I feel like I don't even know when I did homework, but I probably didn't. Um, <laughs> But, uh, yeah, I mean, what happened for me was, uh, you know, soccer New Brunswick opportunities and and whatnot were happening uh, around the same time that, you know, or it would have been conflict with with basketball. And that at my point in time, um, at the high school level, especially at Ferricton High School, you couldn't really do both. Like, you you were told to make that decision. Uh, So... I chose soccer because I thought there was 
uh, more opportunity for me there, but I always loved basketball. Like I always had a soft spot for it. Uh, and then uh, I guess I was doing my teaching internship at, at Fredericton High School and Kevin Daly looked at me one day and said, I need an assistant coach. I know you played, uh, like, can you, can you help me out? And then I just I never looked back, I guess, from that point on, there was people like John and Chase and, uh, you know, whoever brought me into different things along the way and just kept going. That's uh, I love that comment because, and I know we've mentioned it, Gibby, before, the basketball community here in Fredericton, uh, if you're showing any initiative at all, with guys like Coach Hickey and Coach Chase and a bunch, Coach Daly, the list is almost endless, will bring you into that union, I guess, and help you out. And, and make this, it can be intimidating, right? Yeah, I mean, the first uh, basketball in the Brunswick experience I had, and, and I'd only ever coached junior girls at this point uh, at FHS, I think maybe one or two years uh was with peter hickey and and ryan chase coaching uh u16 boys uh which i had no experience with i'd coached some boys soccer and and whatever so it's not like it was uh you know completely out of the realm but i had no business being there i didn't know anything and or i quickly learned i didn't know anything um which you know i guess as competitive i am that just motivated me to, to be better so yeah. Interesting story. You don't have to be a basketball star or hockey star or whatever to coach another sport. Is that fair? Yeah, fair enough, I guess. I always said basketball is a little easier than hockey because it's five on five, but you don't have to worry about a flaky goaltender. <laughs> <laughs> All you goaltenders out there, I don't want any uh, emails. I, w- I was super lucky in my in my basketball playing days, though. I would I like I had John Hamilton and Garth Wade and. Uh, Gary Young and and all those guys. So, y- you were a student of the game. Like you, you learned. Like you weren't just showing up and throwing the ball up. Like you, they made sure you understood everything that was happening. Uh, so, was definitely lucky uh, there, and they definitely sparked kind of the the love of the game. And I would have had Dave Sad back when you know Dave was doing all the the mini cats. It was called back then. Can't do that now, but. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, things are changing. Yeah. Uh, Gary Young might be a name that's not brought up enough about coaches that have had just fantastic success at the high school at the high school level for sure. Still coaching. Is he still coaching? Oh man, he was. Uh, I saw him in a gym. I don't know three weeks ago, and I think he was coaching like under thirteen or under fourteen girls B. His granddaughter plays, I think. Yeah, yeah. I I don't know what it was, but uh, uh, and someone else I spoke to, I won't. I'll leave. Those girls are going to get a lot better, a lot faster than the other teams. Yeah. So actually, so that's actually my point. Um, I was speaking to someone who he he must have coached their uh, daughter last year. Uh, Anyway, I'll keep the names out of it. But that team is like now all the A team. Uh, That that would have spent, and I want to say it was like a C team. Um, that he was coaching last year. But, yeah, he, he makes you better, for sure. Love hearing that story. And, and that's the great thing about going to the high school tournaments and everything as well, or any tournaments, is seeing people. It's like old home week all the time. So it's, you know, you're going to get chirped, you know that. Uh, but then you just get a chance to sit down and talk. And, and John, you're going to go through it uh, as you hit the road to Miramichi on January 3rd for 
you can't call it a preseason game, but a pre-second half game against UPEI, and you're up there. Stu's giving a, a youth camp, I believe, at Miramichi, or, or helping out on basketball day on the Miramichi. Yeah, no, it's going to be it's going to be a great day. Jimmy's uh, Jimmy Waters put it together for us. It's fantastic. We're excited for it. Uh, we're doing a a basketball camp in the morning, 10 o'clock. I want to say 10 to 12 or something like that for the kids. And Jimmy was saying there'll be 50 kids registered already for it. So it's going to be, the gym's going to be full all day. And actually was talking to uh, Coach uh, Daryl Glenn today. So Pete, they're they're excited to come. And uh, so it should be a fun day. The gym will be full all day. Yeah, that, that's fantastic. The gym full all day. And what Jimmy and the whole group up there in Miramichi are doing with whatever they call it, River Valley Hoops, is that the right one? Right name, River Hoops, something like River that. Hoops, yeah. R River Hoops, whatever they're doing, what they're doing there is, it's amazing. Uh, it's been, well it is, it's not becoming, it is a basketball hotbed, John, you've got several players at a, at a Miramichi Valley, just growing leaps and bounds up there. Oh, it, it's it's fantastic. We, we said the biggest the biggest part of that day, the the Special Olympics teams taking on the on the city councilors right before we play. So I'm sure the gym will empty after that game before our game starts. But you'll have a good crowd. There's no doubt it, about that. The gym will be full up there all day. They're they're passionate about basketball and they're even more passionate about the Miramichi. Well, last spring I know the Freeze played Port City up there. Jimmy again, Jimmy Waters organized it all, and I remember selling tickets at the gas stations there, which you know most of the tickets in our league are at the door. It's like they're selling them at the gas stations. This is great radio interviews, the whole thing. So it's just it's great to see it. I'm glad to see St. Thomas, which started its origin origins were on Miramichi. Chatham. Yeah, absolutely. Chatham you campus. You still see Chatham campus? Well, not if you castle thing. Oh yeah, you can't say Chatham when you're on the Newcastle side, but you can say Chatham from Fredericton. <laughs> yeah, that's for sure. That's for sure. But yeah, yeah. So we're we're just passing the 40 minute mark. So wow. probably a good 40 time. minutes. Yeah, probably a good time to transition into some of the happenings around uh, here in local sports. And I've got a, a long list here, but most of them we're going to skip over because there's not a lot happening. So I'll just talk about the ones that are happening. Um, and the website, lightscratches.podbean.com, has got the full list uh, from today right through until uh, the Miramichi um, Hoops uh, Day, January 3rd. Uh, so check that out if you're not going to catch everything that I talk about here. You spent like 27 hours in the gym on the weekend and you still have time to update the website. Yeah, well, it's, there's 24 hours in a day and you don't have to all sleep right. all of them. <laughs> Um, NBPI Major U18 Hockey League, I hate that name for a hockey it's league. A long one. Um, the Caps are at the Northern Moose Friday versus the St. John Vito Saturday the 23rd, 7.30 Willie O'Ree. NB Southern Senior Hockey League, uh, the 28th Grand Lake at River Valley, the 30th St. John at Grand Lake. Um, 7.30 the Minnow Centennial Arena, the Frederick the Red Wings. Uh, they lost and won, so they were to, went to Splitsville again uh, this last week. Uh, they're at Miramichi at Edmonton, not home again until January 14th. Going to have to print some extra programs from that one because nobody's going to know who anybody is anymore. Are they? Absolutely, it's uh, it's almost a month uh, between home games, and especially in a university town, it would have been nice to see some uh, holiday games. That's for sure. But uh, 14th it is. Uh, one university holiday game, Saturday, December December 30th. Uh, UNB Reds are hosting Concordia at 2 o'clock at the Aiken Center. Uh, there's a whole bunch of high school hockey. 
boys and girls. I'll just uh, say go to look at the website for that one because there's, I think, 12 games listed here, and if I said them all, you wouldn't remember anyway. Between now and then, so go look at the website, uh, including several FHS and Leo Hayes matchups uh, in that as well, and uh, that's always pretty competitive hockey uh, when Leo Hayes and FHS get together. Uh, we have talked already about uh, the Stu exhibition game in Miramichi, uh, so we can flip through that one. Uh, and high school basketball, there were supposed to be some games tonight, but uh, um, you know, when I got up this morning, I, I think I was looking for Dorothy and Toto on the front lawn because I'm pretty sure that we're not in Kansas anymore after that weather that, uh, that blew through. Uh, Cancelled pretty much everything off to slate tonight, uh, including uh, FHS at, uh, at Leo Hayes Boys. Uh, tonight, tomorrow, it's Leo Hayes girls on the AAA side at FHS, 6 o'clock league game. Pete, you'll probably be there for that one. I will. There you go. And also, it, it is Tuesday while we're taping this, and uh, you know, just a crazy storm went through our region, as we all experienced. But to the, the line people out there, uh, chainsawing and trying to get everything back, man, that is one difficult task. Uh, just driving downtown tonight, uh, almost 24 hours later, and seeing some of the dark spots. So uh, be patient, because they're out. Yeah, I should say, well, but I say, when I say tomorrow, I mean December 20th. Could be, you could be listening to this next July. That's true. We'll see tomorrow, uh, December 20th. Uh, so that's the real quick rundown. Again, I left out a whole bunch of high school hockey. It's on the website. Go check that out. Not trying to slide high school hockey, but if I went through 12 games, you wouldn't remember uh, the, any of them anyway. So there you go. Uh, they're there. Um, not a lot going on. A little bit of hockey, very little basketball, and certainly... Uh, that uh, January 3rd date in Miramichi. I'm looking at my calendar. I'm back to work for a whole day after the holiday break before that one, so I don't know that I can swing it to get myself up there, but uh, I just might yet. You never know. Less than two hours. You'll be seeing you go places longer, quicker. Uh, uh, sitting beside you when you've been behind the wheel. That's certainly, certainly easy true. Now, easy yeah, now. We, we've got a spot for you up there, Dave. We've got a spot to start. <laughs> Jimmy Waters' third couch. <laughs> That's true. But we are only mere days from Christmas, so how's that for a segue? Uh, it's a very very good segue. Yeah. So uh, I think as a lot of folks know and heard in the Roger Shannon episode, uh, at least one of us here has a, has a direct connection to Santa Claus, and uh, we've got some ideas of how to help him complete his list for those who uh, you know have been guests on the podcast in particular and uh, other members of the Fredericton area sporting community that we regularly talk about and interact. He sort of asked us to, you know, Santa to help him fill out his list. So we've, we've got a whole whole list of uh, Christmas presents here for for folks that we're suggesting. And I'll Brad, you've got some, I've got some, so feel free to jump in. So first of all, a uh, friend of the podcast, Bill Hunt, uh, we're suggesting he get another passion project. I'm not sure if all of you guys saw it, but the, uh, you know, no one captures the essence of Fredericton the way Bill does and his recent Facebook host, uh, post, uh, on his photo a year project and the connection at Ford's uh, longtime Marysville resident Pam Harvey was just a great example of that. So uh, kudos to Mr. Hunt I on that. I can't believe Huntsy's not here tonight. Warm, you know, chestnuts roasting by an open fire out here at Greystone Brewery in the tap room. Huh? I sent him a text, didn't hear back. Yeah. Actually, I ran into Aaron Harvey today at, at Costco. Yeah, that's so I'm, sure, I'm sure you saw Bill's, Bill's, Bill's post. Six on that. degrees of separation. Yeah, yeah, made, made the rounds there for sure. So uh, that, that was a pretty good one. That's that's probably the only heavy one that we have in here. That one was a little a little more serious. The rest were more fun. 
Um, I've got a gift for Tom Coolen. Want me to go with that one? Well, as long as we don't have him on here, because he talked for another two hours. Um, that man needs a publisher. There's no question <laughs> he, he needs a publisher. He does. Uh, I think he's got more than enough hockey stories that can fill volumes. Um, we barely scratched the surface of, of well, that. Well, that's what he said, Cooley. I don't know if you heard the, the episode, guys, but he was almost disappointed. He said, what? This is it? <laughs> Cooley, we've got to shut off at some time. My favorite story about that too is when I said uh, we're going to have you on Zoom, and he goes, "Yeah, I have something like on the internet. It's like uh, Nova Scotia at something. So that's <laughs> probably not going to help me any goalie, but however, we'll figure it out." The email. <laughs> oh, another special guest trying to come in here. The F word. One of Frederick's yeah, finest yeah, social Fred media. Yeah, Frederick's finest. Lock the door. Lock the door. Stephen Clark uh, here. Um, just uh, looking in. Uh, another gift for FHS boys basketball coach Mike King, our, our guest last week. Uh, probably can't have a starter's pistol uh, in the school, so I'm going to go with the green flag. Uh, green flag for him. The Cats want to play with a bit of pace, so I want to emulate uh, the Tommies. I'm not sure if you heard, heard uh, Mr. King say that. But, I did, uh, yeah. Uh, yeah he, uh, he King does, and I talk lots. Yeah, wanted, wanted to emulate that. So, uh, yeah, when they're, when they're coming flying and, uh, you know, they're tough to beat and fun to watch when they're playing at, at that fast pace. And, John, I know you like to see the game at that pace, too. Well, let's go. Yeah, let's go. Pete, say the same thing? Oh, All yeah. Pace. Faster the better. All right. You want to jump in? You want oh, me to keep well, going? I just mentioned uh, uh, Peter Kelly, the assistant coach of UMBA, hoping uh, Katie Butts uh, gets a renewed contract with NB Tourism so she sticks around next spring and summer. Yeah, well, that's, I, I, too. I think that's a, that's a little <laughs> selfish ask there. It is a little selfish I think that's, that's a great, okay. great ask to have. That's right. Uh, fun watching her play with UMB and, and fun watching her play at the Fredericton Freeze. So. Kevin, Kevin Johnson was here earlier. You should talk to him. He's Tourism right. now. Absolutely. Small connections here at the Greystone Brewery <laughs> Tap Room. At the Greystone Brewery Tap Room. <laughs> All right, moving Could on. Could you jump and read it, product placement, Coach Hickey? <laughs> moving on to Tyler Slip. Uh, we're going to give Tyler <laughs> Slip a bowl. <laughs> He's going to get a bowl. One so big you could call it super, and we're going to fill it full of his Buffalo Bills. Uh, but Santa, if that's impossible, may we suggest a barrel of KFC instead? The man is a just, I mean, he owns a barrel of Sanders. Dixie Lee. <laughs> That's true too, but oh, even better, he does have You're really trying a Colonel Sanders T-shirt. And when I mentioned to him the other day, because I saw a thing on social media that Colonel Hartland Sanders had passed away on this date in history, I mentioned that to Tyler, and he said, "In this household, we celebrate the the birth and the death of the Colonel." That <laughs> is <laughs> actually amazing. It's <laughs> like okay, because his Bills aren't winning a Super Bowl this year. I'll put that out. Uh, I don't, don't. I don't think, think so. I know anyone that dedicated to KFC. I believe. Go Niners. And and how <laughs> about uh, you know while we're on the slips, how about we ask Santa to to gift all of Fredericton another joy slip? How many times has her name come up for the amazing things she's doing very quietly behind the scenes? Uh, and the influence she's had over the course of just our 15 episodes, Brad, and, and the last you know few months of doing this, that name's come up all over the place. Just uh, you know, Joyce and Dick and the Slip family. Uh, you know, we've all we've all had the pleasure of knowing uh, them. Just everything you want from support to guidance to, to uh, the list goes on. I mean, unbelievable careers they had as athletes and coaches, and just now as mentors and, and fans. I think that's the coolest thing. You see them yeah. at the games. You see yeah. them all the time. Yeah, for sure. I, I mean, they they did our announcing for a long that's time. That's right. Too, so. Absolutely. Yeah. 
Yeah. So yeah, I think that I think it could be a tough uh, emulation. That's for yeah, sure. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a tough it's ask for Santa Claus that one to to get another another joy slip. Uh, I've also got local Jake Allen on our on our list here. I, I think Jake needs an electrician. He's been in that rumor mill for a real long time in terms of in terms of the trade rumor and hoping that electrician can wire up an off switch for him there so he, he can get out of that rumor mill. That's got to be tough. I mean, it's uh, it's the life you live when you're a pro athlete, but uh, Jake will go to some contending team, I'm sure, now that Montreal and Coach Hickey's here with his Habs hat on, which really is a little discouraging. But, uh, yeah, he's going to go somewhere uh, to augment a, a team that's either trying to make the playoffs or a team that's just looking for uh, Are you saying the Canadians aren't trying? <laughs> Marty St. Louis behind the bench, they're trying. And I was actually talking to Kurt last week, and I, I asked him, I said, I said, does he get moved? Does he know? And, um, and he said, neither one of them, Jake or Primo, know, know anything. He said the only thing they know is that they're not giving either one of them away. Right. That's yeah. all they know, either one of them. Jake played well last night, though. He did. Yeah. Saw a little bit of that game. Doesn't happen very often. Jamesy watching the Montreal game. And while we're on Leo Hayes High School Jake's, how about Jake Thomas, local CFLer? We're going to get Jake Thomas an Avalanche Beacon. He's a pro athlete in the city, uh, but he often gets lost among the other pile of sports that are happening here. Not a name you hear very much of. Be amazing to see him get more recognition for his journey in sport. Remarkable career. Remarkable career. From here to Acadia to the CFL, a couple of Grey Cup championships. What's he have two? Two. Yeah. And, just, and uh, lost in the final a couple of different yeah, years. Uh, including this year. This year, the Owls. Uh, and plays in the trenches, right? Just, you know, I, I think, John, you and I, Chris Skinner was a running back and had a lot of notoriety just because the running back is a sexy position as his quarterback. But when you're up on the lines, you don't get the, uh, you don't get the adulation as much. But he's a tremendous career. And especially as a fan of the CFL, although I'm a Calgary fan, but that's okay. Uh, somebody local, I think it's great. Fantastic career. Yeah, absolutely uh, amazing career. And he wears the C for them too, doesn't he? He is certainly and one, he's of, one of the captains. year player, absolutely. Yeah, yeah he's one of the captains for them. So that goes to show you uh, the, the respect, respect he has in those locker rooms. And that's earned. You're right, it is. And this next one I'm not sure everyone will get, but it's for Woodstock Thunder basketball coach Scott Jones. Don't give him anything. <laughs> Copy of the Basketball Bible published by the Full Court Press. And Santa, if it's not too much, can we get that autographed on page 60, please? <laughs> page 60. That was a good one. Yeah. How, to, how to protect a 60-point lead with the press, eh? Because uh, Jones went on a little social media rant. Uh, yeah. Coach Jones, wow. Well, I digress. <laughs> Enough said. Enough said. But it does come back, doesn't it? Because I know coaches, particularly like the coaches we have here today, and Peter Kelly and John Hickey, they want to play the game the right way. And, uh, yeah. So. You, you talk about somebody who's had success at the high school level. A thousand percent. Unbelievable. Yeah. yeah. Unbelievable. Woodstock High School as long as he's been. I, I was part of I, what I think was the first high school team he coached at FHS. In 19-dickety-three. Yeah. Quite a number of years ago. He actually, I believe he started at FHS, coached the double-A boys team. Okay. Coached single-A boys. Or single-A boys. Yeah, that's the team I was part of. When he very first started. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. That would have been his first year coaching. Yeah. Yeah. Up the valley, only an hour. Coach Jones always fun. Did he have hair then? <laughs> Not much. <laughs> a friend of mine uh, didn't have a lot of hair. A guy he used to play hockey with. It was a Rogaine. Was that the hair product? Uh, I think. Did he want to grow hair? So Wouldn't Gino. Know. 
I wouldn't know. Gino actually did the treatment and then wrote the company and said, finished product, please send hair. Anyway, continue Santa, Santa Giddy. Uh, UMB Reds coach Gardner McDougall. We're going to give Gardner a goose. Uh, about the only thing uh, Coach Mack has not accomplished is a goose egg in the loss column. And we're pretty sure if we give him a goose, he's going to motivate it to lay that egg somehow. There's no doubt about that. You would be undefeated at the turn. Yeah, that's, uh, that's quite a record that they've got going on. And, uh, you know, that one game over the break against Concordia and then right back into the heavy schedule in next semester. Here's something, coaches. So you're on a roll like that. You're 18 and 0. That's start, I believe, in that story program. And I know you want to win every game, but does the psychology part of it go, oh, I don't want this to happen in March? What are you asking these guys for? They've never been 18 and 0. <laughs> we we well, lose. Was. Pete had an undefeated season uh, at FHS, did you not? Uh, yeah, I did. There that was go. a while ago. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. But, uh, does, but does that play a role, like, even to the players or the coaches? Like, uh, I don't know if I, you know, want to be that, that undefeated, or does it matter? You just play the game. I don't know. I think you're just trying to take it one game at a time for the most part, uh, the best that you can, which sounds like a very like scripted NBA answer. But um, it's true, though. You're really just trying to focus. I, I find the university season so fast that you don't really have time sometimes. Like this break can be the hardest because you actually have some time. So if we were, I mean, we were 7-1, and one, but if we were 8-0 right now, I mean, we'd probably be starting to think about it a little bit at, at this point. Um but yeah, I don't know. I think you just have enough respect for everybody that you know that that can go away at any moment. Um, so you're just trying to focus on the next thing and, and understand that the wins later on are the, are the ones that really matter. The psychology could also work the other way and teams not thinking that they could beat them either. Sure. Yeah. yeah. Right? So a team could get up on them and if UMB scores one goal, they could fully get into a here we go again right. mode. Sure. Yep. You know the train's coming. It's just a matter of win. Yeah. Win every game. Yeah, so while we're on UMB hockey, let's move over to women's hockey. We're going to give the women's hockey team the next Lily George simply because records are set to be broken. She's dynamic. How about uh, Allie McCarthy and Bailey Russell at the University of Ottawa? Big win, uh, both of them Fredericton products. Well, Allie's from Grand Falls, of course. But, um, no, no, we count Allie as from Fredericton. Fredericton, okay. Uh, University of Ottawa beat number one ranked Carleton. I'm sure, Peter, you were paying attention to that. Uh, Ottawa, and that's the president uh, in the second half, if they get a top ten seed, and you're already, uh, UNB's already in the top ten. Yeah, I'm fortunate to be there uh, all season so far. But, um, yeah, I, I mean, that was an incredible game. That was a massive win. Uh, and a nice way to go into the break. I mean, Ottawa's a, a, a great team. I mean, obviously, Carleton's a great team, but uh, I think Ottawa showed everyone what they can what they can do here now. It's great to see. Uh, and obviously, you want your local players playing locally, but to understand players go away. But it is nice to see them flourish uh, wherever they land. While we're talking about ranking, does, does anyone understand that math on how we come no. up with those numbers? No. Uh, it's a bit of a combination. Uh, I forget what they call it. E, yeah, e, e, whatever it is. <laughs> That's exactly uh, MC but yeah, I don't know. Uh, so there's a bit of like an automated thing, and it and it takes everything into account, like your previous seasons and and everything. Because uh, that makes sense to take into yeah. account your previous season with this year's team. And then and then the other fifty percent is coach votes. So you know, it is, it is what it is. I vote for you, PK. Thanks. <laughs> nice. Thanks a lot.
<laughs> so we're, we're getting a little closer uh, to, to uh, Stu time now. Stu women's basketball coach Fred Connors. We're going to give Fred Connors a visit from a NASCAR pit crew. Uh, Tommies are, I'd say uncharacteristically, over the least, at least the last few years towards the back of the pack. But they're young, um, and I think if they get uh, refueled with patience and positivity, they're going to get traction and move up the pack in the second half. That's my, that's my thought there with the pit crew. I think ACAA on both sides is going to be a mess come March, and that's what we want as fans. It's oh, yeah, that's, uh, that's exactly <laughs> what I want to. Awesome. <laughs> yeah. I'm sure you'd just like to win by 30 and call it a day. But, I mean, that's, that's what brings out competitive uh, passion as a coach and players, though. Yeah, you, you've, I mean, we've, Stu hasn't seen Crandall yet, and I don't know whether that's the only such situation in the conference. I'm not quite up to speed on that, but a little odd that you get through a whole first half and there's a whole team that you haven't haven't seen, and I guess it's not quite half, so three games against Crandall coming up for both the women and the men, let's do in second half, which that's a big part of your second half schedule when you look at, what, 10 games in the second half? Yeah, we well, for us, we've got three against three against Crandall, two against MSVU. Yeah. That, uh, yeah, so, we get some work to do. Yeah, a whole lot of work to do there, and, and uh, you know, same on the women's side. Uh, so we'll give you a bit of a break. We've got you on the list a little later, John. We're not going to meet at you follow Co- Coach Connors with you, but... I'm uh, going to move over to baseball, Fredericton Royals of the NB Senior League. Uh, they desperately need an arm, so that's what we're wishing them uh, from Santa. Uh, preferably a lively one to, to pair with ace Colby Lyle. Uh, resurrected franchise made it the final their first two years back in existence, uh, but they're highly touted import year one, a little bit erratic, and uh, last year uh, Pascal McCarthy leaving for uh, you know, other pursuits uh, midway through the year, just a little bit short, one arm short uh, in terms of the uh, terms of the playoffs there. So wishing for an arm uh, and staying with the Royals, uh, Kirk Cornell of the senior Royals, that man absolutely needs a hat tree. Uh, over the last two years, in top of bringing back the franchise from a business uh, uh, point of view, he's done everything, including lugging the gear, coordinating the crew in the duck blind, which is the press box. That's what I call the press box because uh, it does look like a duck blind. He throws BP, he organizes the canteen, he coaches, and he, he occasionally even plays. Um, so that's a whole lot of hats, so hopefully we give him a, a hat rack. That. That'll keep him, keep him organized a little bit there. What do you think of that one? Santa will bring that. I think, I think Santa can deliver a hat rack. To, the difference maker, Kirk Cornell. Yeah, absolutely, the difference maker. Nice. Is that the official tag? We've been buddies for a while, that's yeah. what we call him. Let's call him. Yeah. The difference maker. We can make that stick. I think we can. Yeah. Yourself, it's I like good it. It's good as stick now. Yeah. I like it. Good. See what you learn when you tune in? You just want me to keep going here? Fire away. Yeah. It's uh, Stu Women's Hockey Team. Uh, free reign at uh, Sponsor Rocket Printing to run the Industrials Nice Copier. That's what we're going to get Santa to give them. Uh, if they can duplicate their results from their first uh, semester, they're going to be in great shape for the playoffs. Uh, we thought about uh, suggesting a transport truck packed with fans to deliver to the Grand Harvey Center. Safety off said that was a no-no. We couldn't pack fans into the back of a transport truck. Uh, it would be Stop absolutely babies. great to see that to see that building have a bunch more bodies in it when they're playing. They play with a whole bunch of joy, and they're they're fun to watch play. Um, I know you've seen them a few times, right? Absolutely. Well. Yeah, there. They've got some big like, wins down the stretch too here in the first half. Yeah, and those points count just as much as they do in January, yeah. or February. But it is a. I think that team's a, a, a pretty solid kept secret here in the city. Yeah, absolutely, solid cat secret, and, and, and I've been there a few times announcing, and it's just fun to call. 
Uh, moving on, getting into uh, Maritime Women's Basketball League and Coach MB, Coach Belding, uh, Madeline Belding. Uh, we're going to give Madeline a chair, and I would prefer if that were a big one. Um, we think here at, uh, at Late Scratches, uh, after seeing her work uh, with the Port City Fog the last couple years, if she got a chair to settle into uh, somewhere at the ACA level or somewhere else, that that's going to be a pretty good program in pretty short order. And certainly our two guests here, Peter Kelly and John Hickey, you know Madeline, well you coach with her, uh, Coach Kelly this year, and uh, John through the B&D wars and all that stuff, uh, yeah, so it's, it's another coach that uh, has been embraced. Yeah, it's great to have her back in, uh, in New Brunswick. Well, if you're if you're talking MWBA, I'm going to be selfish and ask Santa to bring 1,210 fans to the Curry Center on May 4th uh, to set a single game MWBA attendance record. Is that too much to ask? 1,210. I thought you were going to ask for more $100 sponsors. Oh, thanks. Yeah. Coach, like I'm going to have to just start getting you. <laughs> he's, 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 he's all more on the ball. Than we are. Is he ever? Is he ever? Well, I'm just you know so laser focused here on uh, 1,210. The record was 1,209 set last year at TV station uh, in the championship game. So yeah, 1,210. I don't think that's being too selfish. He sets the ticket would, would at you, the right price. Would, then would you be happy with half that number? Oh, thousand percent. But don't tell anybody. Oops. <laughs> Perfect. But let's stay with basketball. Uh, UAB women's coach uh, Aaron McAleenan. A visit from Ernest Angley. Yeah, all right. Yep. Uh, Go on. The televangelist <laughs> had the power to, to heal any affliction. Uh, and Santa, we dearly love to see that Reds team fully healthy come playoff time. 100%. You had to bring that up, eh? Yeah. I, I think Coach Mack, too, uh, <laughs> would love to wear uh, her dad's varsity coat uh, in, a, in a game with a gold medal on the line. Oh, that, that, that was a that was pretty good pretty touch. Cool story. Pretty cool story, pretty cool touch there for us. Yeah, that was so great. Opener, yeah, that was, that was good to see. Um, likewise, for the UNB men's team, also a visit, but uh, not from Ernest Ang Angeli, from a barbershop quartet uh, for the UNB uh, basketball team. Uh, the Reds are talented, and when they're singing together in harmony, they look like they can beat anybody. Uh, but when it turns into a series of solo performances, they look a whole lot more ordinary. Wow. Gibby is uh, Ed, the and I, and I don't expect either of the coaches here are going to comment on any of those last other two. So <laughs> it's just going to be you and I, Brad, right on this one. Yeah. They're not going to comment on that. Going to comment how, like you're impressive, Gibby. That's yeah, well, well. He's written a book, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, I didn't. I, I didn't know where you were going with that. No, yeah, so, no, so. I, I knew that. I knew that wasn't going to come up. And while we're on the Barbershop Quartet, let's move back over to hockey, shall we? Um, because Red Wings general manager Roger Shannon, he needs some willing dance partners. He does, absolutely. Nobody wants to dance in the MHL. No, when no. we're talking about dancing, it's not a waltz. No, he, he needs some trade partners, uh, for, for sure, because I know he's looking to, uh, to make some, uh, some changes there. Uh, and also looking for a dance partner come playoff time, and that would be the big one to get, whether he gets yeah. the trade partners or not. Yeah, the Red Wings have to get in the playoffs, sitting in Comfortably in fourth. I don't know if you could say that, but they're close to Miramichi now too. Going into that game tomorrow night on Miramichi against the Timberwolves, but yeah, it's uh, it's kind of a funky thing, especially with the twenty-year-olds at the junior level. If uh, that's their last year, and if they don't want to go somewhere, they're not going. So some players have chosen already; they'd rather just sit yeah. uh, than than go, and that's that's not in anybody's best interest. How about Moffat, Eric Moffat? A little bit of cold weather so we can see more outdoor rink pictures other than the 1,207 that he posts on a regular basis. <laughs> he posts a couple of pictures about that M&M complex, doesn't he? Yeah. Just a couple. Yeah. 
I think we had the barbecue up today there at the M&M Complex, wasn't it? Wasn't that today's picture? Was it the barbecue, the canteen at the M&M Complex? I'll tell you, it is an impressive-looking sheet. It I is. Couldn't, I'm the lone person in this country that couldn't freeze water in the winter. So to, to do what he does and the size of it. The only thing I haven't figured out there is why one corner's got an angle and the rest of them are oh, square. Oh, it's going to have one. That's <laughs> but Moffat would never go in the corners if he doesn't care about yeah, okay, that. That, that could, could exactly be it. <laughs> Uh, How about my geezer team, the, the senior props? Yeah, there you go. Just wanted to Santa to bring a two-game winning streak. That's all. Oh, that's tough. <laughs> that is tough. <laughs> I, as a good friend of mine would say, just roll the wrist. Roll the wrist. Just roll the yeah, wrist. Yeah. <laughs> I find now in my 60th year, my wrists are starting to get a little slower up there. I actually said to my wife the other day, when we played the best team in the league, I said, i got to go out tonight and chase a bunch of 45-year-olds around the ice. How sad does that sound? You're not 45 anymore? Not anymore. <laughs> not anymore. Although if the uh, Greystone Reds keep coming here, yeah. Tuesday night special. Absolutely. Yeah, we, we need, uh, uh, continuing on we need down, the Greystone Red. Yeah, <laughs> continue on down the list, uh, Tom's Liston and the World's Oldest Basketball Court uh, team. I think all of you guys probably know Tom and know what's going on down there. Uh, World's Oldest Basketball Court. Uh, it's clear Santa's already sprinkled the golf tournament with a whole lot of Santa Claus magic there because that was a pretty special uh, thing. Uh, so what we're asking them is deliver uh, Tom Liston and the team there a contractor. Uh, the concept, concept's amazing, the design is in place, so we wish them the ability to get construction underway and what would be a real gem for New Brunswick basketball community and New Brunswick as a whole, Charlotte County, Basketball in Canada, in fact, uh, once that gets done. St. Stephen's been in the news for a lot of long, wrong reasons lately, and uh, something like that would certainly uh, would spark the interest because we have seen the blueprints, if that's what they are, or the concept, and pretty amazing. Uh, it's, it's just incredible, and uh, you know, John, you and I were there at the golf tournament this week, uh, this uh, this summer, and got to see Kurt Peacock with the absolutely amazing shot. Like, oh, that was pretty incredible. Like, if we're lucky, we might see another, well, I won't because I don't golf enough, but you might see another hole-in-one. I won't see one like that. But you won't see one like that. Never. <laughs> never. There will never be another one like sale that. club and a found ball. Yeah. I think that's a great story. Uh, <laughs> just, oh. yeah. just, uh, um, and then just to see the, just the way the ball went, too, just uh, unbelievable. So, uh, Merry Christmas, Tom. I know we'll, I'm sure we'll be chatting pretty soon. Uh, Stu women's basketball coach Don McKay. This one's a little bit complicated. Volleyball, volleyball. coach? Uh, volleyball coach Don McKay. Turn the tabs off. It's his birthday the other day. Did I say basketball? You yeah. did. Oh, just right. basketball in the brain. Volleyball coach Don McKay. Uh, a Sherpa with a Rolex. Uh, so last year, the pretty strong Tommy's team may have peaked just a bit too early. So it would be great to see the Tommies reach the top of the mountain at just the right time this year to give the jovial bench boss a pretty happy send-off. Gibby didn't get up this morning to make this list, I can tell you that. Yeah, you worked at this. No, there, there, might have been, there might have been a couple uh, of rum involved when I was making this list. Might have been, might have been some creative juice happening there. Uh, can I ask Santa for uh, Don Fitzgerald and Paul McCarthy, a Celtics playoff run, just to... Just to oh, keep them on. Yeah, that's tack me in on that. Yeah, on that. I'll get in on that one too. Okay. Bring Larry Bird in for just for to show him off once in a while too. Just why not? In a while. So Larry Bird's not going to be out. No, but his interview I saw that they just from whenever it was said it took him three days to figure out he could dominate the league. Yeah, yeah, that was amazing. That was on the other day. Yeah, it's amazing to see three days. Yeah, I can. I've got this figured out. Lo and behold. So let's stay with Stu volleyball on the men's side. 
going to wish them an unusually warm winter, which we, I think, might be getting this already. Uh, Tommies are strong in the middle and at center. Would be great to see their outsides heat up uh, as they go forward. Uh, yeah. Speechless. Yeah, speechless, of course. Um, again, back to a little more serious one here this time. Uh, Charlene Wolliver and the Leo Hayes uh, High School girls basketball talked about this earlier. An investment that generates enough interest uh, for the JV girls team to return next year. Pretty self-explanatory there. Um, yeah, and uh, I've certainly heard from several parents that are determined to make that one happen. Yeah, it has to happen, and there's nothing. It has to happen. It's crazy that it's, that it's yeah. We're at the point where we are. Through a year. That yeah. speaks to the issue we talked about earlier, yeah, right? Yeah, it, like, it all comes back. You know, it? we're talking a school with two thousand students in it. Yeah, yeah. I wish that news, as we all know, shocked me when I heard there was no JV team there at, at Leo Hayes. I was just befuddled by it. So, yeah, certainly, uh, certainly there as well. Uh, let's go back to Maritime Women's Basketball Association. Uh, how about a couple of reindeer, uh, but Santa. If there are none to spare, how about some rocket fuel? Uh, two years we've seen a franchise change hands, a franchise relocate, and all in the name of Growth of the League. Uh, finals at uh, TV station. I got it right again, keeping my quarter yep. uh, for the second time in this episode. Um, we think once people see the game and understand the stories behind those, uh, they'll continue to be supporters. Uh, but if there's room for a, Santa, uh, a stocking stuff for Santa, how about another A-level sponsor here? Oh yeah, always looking for uh, A-level sponsors for the league, that's for sure. And I know Meta V and, and Royale are, are a huge part of what we do, and those are nationally recognized companies and uh, unbelievable. So yeah, more people want to get in. And I know, listen, there are a lot of teams knocking on sponsors' doors. I get it. Um, but yeah, it, it, it's nice to have them uh, with that visibility, that's for sure. Yeah, and I mean, if, if there's a league that's doing the right things for the right reasons, it's that one. I hope so. Yeah, that's it's my view of that. Uh, you've done the freeze, so so we'll leave that. Uh, uh, I won't tell you what I was going to wish you there, but it's oh. very very similar to yours. Okay. Uh, move on uh, again, uh, staying in basketball. Fredericton area basketball officials, uh, Dolly the sheep scientists. So this small uh, group that we've that we've, clone. That we've gonna talked clone. about. So we're going to clone. There we go. Um, right. They cover a lot of ground supporting hoops in the region, and their days were sure they wish they had clones. Uh, but Santa always ask is please don't clone Michael Murray because sports are way more fun when the referees aren't perfect nearly every game. Well, you need to edit that out. Oh, yeah, that can. <laughs> There's no way that Murray can hear that. No. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. We'll get him on for a, for a pregame. Uh, I wrote that, Mur. I wrote that and sent it in, Mur. <laughs> Myself and PK. I had nothing to do with that. <laughs> Uh, and, and similarly, staying with uh, my, you know, the minor officials, uh, be they basketball, scorekeepers, game day staff, regardless of sport, um, we're going to give them the Harry Potter's Cloak of Invisibility uh, because there are people that are there that are always running things, but they're folks that never want to be seen. If they're doing their job right, you don't want to see them. So uh, you know, we think that uh, you know, since Santa's magic and there's a little bit of magic there in Harry Potter, that's probably one he can deliver on most games for, for those folks every once in a while. They come to the forefront, uh, you know, in, in unfortunate ways. It's the people behind the scenes that I always wondered when I'm doing broadcasts. Uh, it's the equipment managers, the athletic therapists, the assistant equipment managers, the work, the laundry, just the stuff that goes unseen so the players get to play. Uh, yeah, big Merry Christmas to all of that crew. 
Absolutely. Um, I'm down to just two of my last year, Brad, and one of them's in the room with us. Okay. <laughs> I, can't, I cannot wait. Yeah, so, so let's go. Uh, Stu men's basketball coach, John Hill. Put your hands together, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, right here with us. So I did check the timeout store to see if they had the Costco no questions asked return policy, but they've said those ones that you keep in your back pocket, they expire and are non-returnable. So that, that's for Paul McCarthy, that one. So what we're really going to ask uh, for John Hickey is a bus ticket out of town in March to Sackville, as representatives of the ACAA at CCA Nationals. Nice. How about that? Oh, yeah. I mean, you'll take that one, the bus ticket out of town? That was too nice. Yeah, but that's uh, <laughs> that's never a gift. No, that's, it's uh, one you have that's, to earn. That's something that's going to be earned. Absolutely, one you have to earn. So, uh, for sure. <clears throat> I was way more excited for that one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> could, could have ended it with the bus ticket well, out of town? Is yeah. <laughs> McCarthy wants me to take more timeouts. <laughs> it's been a theme. I had to sit sneak, uh, sneak that one in just for him. Yeah. I'm, sure he, I'm sure he started laughing as soon as I said timeout. So, yeah. No question. Paul was actually supposed to join us tonight, but uh, a little under the weather. Oh, that oh that's too bad. <laughs> Guarantee he's still talking. Um, yeah, so the only one I've got left is just for our listeners, Brad, our, our usual... Uh, you know, Merry Christmas and Happy New Year's for all of our listeners and, and supporters. Is there anyone I've got left on my, on my list? Anything you've got left on, on your list? No, that's pretty pretty much it. I think uh, as we come to the New Year and holidays and everything, we'll take a little break. But how many episodes now? 15? Yeah, this is episode 15. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. It's, it's fun to go to the gyms. It's fun to go to the arenas. I hear about it in my dressing room for hockey and everything that uh, people are listening to it and just having fun. And if we can't have fun, we're not doing it right. Yeah, it's, it's amazing the number of people that just come up and say, hey, I listened to this or that within... And some of them I know, and some of them know me, and others I probably should know, but don't. Uh, and you know, just random, random people. So it's not easy. Like it's, you know, it's pretty amazing. Both of our guests here tonight are, are university coaches and practicing all the time and, and doing what you do with film and everything. So PK and, and John Hickey, I want to thank you for making your way down to the Grace Hill Brewery tonight. Awesome. Well, John's always here, so you pretty, it didn't matter if there was a podcast or not. He was. I was just, I was just sitting here, and you guys yeah. showed up. Yeah, exactly. That's exactly what happened. So, everyone. so Brad, we we with John already, but should we do some short snappers with PK? Oh, absolutely. Uh, yeah. So yes. you're not, you're not gonna coming get at you quite that easy. No, so some, some short snappers, short snappers here, PK. Uh, how's your Christmas shopping going? There's the first one. Start out easy. Uh, I'm almost done. You an yeah. online guy, or are you still going to the I'm Definitely an online guy. It is nice, isn't it? Click. Yeah, I can't stand them all, but I, I tried to venture there on the weekend and regretted it and left. Yeah, I'm usually not an online guy. I'm usually an in-person guy. But this year, last week I had a panic attack and ordered a bunch of stuff online. I thought none of it's going to get here. The last one of six or seven things I ordered arrived today. Okay. Just remarkable. Done. And most of it was coming out of the U.S. too. One, one out of China that I didn't know was coming out of China that, that really made me nervous, but it arrived as well. So Curious what you're ordering. <clears throat> Yeah, well, I can't say. <laughs> can't say what I ordered. You definitely um, have to edit that out. Yeah, yeah. Definitely. <laughs> it's not inflatable, I'll tell you that. <laughs> okay, well. <laughs> uh, funniest thing a player has ever said in a huddle? Uh, I can't really repeat it, to be honest. Uh, yeah, there's been some banter, for sure. So can I tell, so yeah, Ryan ahead. Chase and, and our youngest Tori used to run a basketball camp together and Ryan was describing a play to one of our participants 
And he said, so you've got this, you understand? And the kid looked at him and said, hmm. So I said to Tori after, when Coach Chase calls a timeout of Mount A and says something to you, you have to say, hmm. So whether or not, I can still see Coach Chase just turn his head. Anyway, sorry. I, I interrupt. So the funniest thing that I've ever had, I coached many years ago, and it was a junior high level, uh, and I took a timeout late in the game, only for the purpose of getting some subs into the game. The only reason I called the timeout couldn't. What's a timeout? Exactly. Exactly. They're yeah. non. They're non-returnable, so I always use them up. Um, There's certainly so, some on the table, yeah, John. Yeah. So anyway, I got I got got the timeout and got everybody in the huddle, and I had nothing that I wanted to say. I probably should have been saying something. So I. Their parents were there, they were watching. I wanted to look like I was saying something. So I went around and was, because you know, we were in St. John for two games. So I went around and asked the kids, hey, what are you having for lunch? And everybody went, we went around, and we got so far around, and this kid looks at me and says, Coach, I've got a peanut butter sandwich, but I'm hungry for a win. It was the funniest thing I've yes. ever, ever heard in the huddle. It, it was, it was perfect. We all cracked up laughing, and the team that was beating us by 35 points that morning. We beat them by 20 that afternoon. Turned our whole our whole peanut weekend around. That's all it takes, yeah, right? It was amazing. Just that, coach, I've got a peanut butter sandwich, but I'm hungry for a win. Have either of you as coaches ever called a timeout and not said anything? Just let the players get uncomfortable and look at their feet? I, I definitely, like, delayed going in, uh, but I don't think I've ever said nothing. Okay. Yeah, probably not. Okay. When have you known me to say nothing? Well, that's fair. <laughs> Okay. Talk a starving dog <laughs> off a beat trap. Uh, road game with the best fans. Road gym with the best fans. Same thing. I'd probably say Acadia. I was going to say, Acadia's a pretty fun place to... Yeah, to when the flannel army's in behind your yeah. your bench, it's uh, it's tough. It's probably one of the only places where you have to take a timeout at at, uh, at the foul line or, or whatever sometimes. So it can be, it can be loud. So it, interesting you to say that. I look at a lot of gyms and watch a lot of the, the webcasts. Some of those gyms, those fans are right on top of the bench. They're not at UNB. Yeah, no, it's a completely different dynamic. Like, obviously, we can hold a lot of fans uh, in our in our building, but I'd say Acadia and St. of X and um, Cape Breton, like, they're just tighter spaces, and they fill them. So it's uh, they feel like they're on top of you for sure. Coach Hickey at the pit when that place is packed. Uh, it's like you're drawing up a play and there's a whole bunch of eyeballs 15 feet away seeing what you're drawing up. It's going to be a lot of fun. Oh, it's a great, great spot to play. Doesn't matter what I draw up, doesn't matter. <laughs> rarely gets rarely gets run properly <laughs> anyway. That's what I was going to say. Just, just as long as I said the automatic rule is if you score out of a timeout, pump your fist. That's it. Right? Like, <laughs> makes you look like you know what you're doing. <laughs> All right, so a couple softball questions here to, to close off. Uh, Christmas related. Did you get to open a present on Christmas Eve as a kid? Yes. Yes, okay. And Christmas Day, is your TV tuned to the NBA games? Oh, 100%. Perfect. Yeah. NFL on this Christmas Day? 49ers play the Ravens that night. There you go. Big game. Yeah, you'll be asleep all that turkey. You'll be, you'll be napping. No, no chance. <laughs> this has been fun, man. All right, we've just climbed over the hour and 20-minute uh, mark, so it took quite a while there to get through our, our lengthy Christmas list. Yeah. Uh, hopefully folks had a few laughs along the way. So. Uh, Brad, we're on hiatus till sometime in the new year. Right. Yeah, uh, time time for a little break. Uh, we're going to watch some NBA games, and next week is... Just just throwing this out there. might be a good spot for January 3rd. 
Yeah, I, that that has uh, that's crossed my mind um, more than once. So as I say, I'm supposed to be back to work, but we'll we'll see what see what happens there uh, there that day. Road trip. Yeah, uh, I'd certainly be up for that road trip. But that would be there's a whole lot of reasons to go on that road trip. But yeah, it'll be it'll be fun. So Merry Christmas to uh, John and Pete Kelly, Brad, uh, all our listeners for myself, Bill, and uh, hope you come back and join us uh, in the new year. Uh, we've been here on location at Greystone, Brad. And I want to thank Peter Ellison. Uh, I think everybody in town knows Allie and uh, had the best parking spot I've ever seen at the market on Saturday um, so with the Greystone vehicle right out front, so I had to chirp him on that. But uh, yeah, I want to thank him for allowing us to come in here. It's a great spot and uh, we had fun tonight. That was a blast. Thank yeah. you. Guys. Yeah, I think you guys need to thank you, like what you're doing for local uh, sports and, and this community and, and just kind of putting a spotlight on all the things that are happening in this awesome province. Uh, yeah, thanks thanks a lot. I appreciate it. Thanks, Pete. Yeah, it's been great. I listen every week. It's awesome. It's great. Appreciate that. Brad, what would you give Gibby? What would I give Gibby? Oh, yeah. he, he, give, he gives me stuff. Well, I, mean, I, I, I would probably with... take Mr. Cornell's uh, hat rack because he's <laughs> like... I, I'll get a little emotional here, and that doesn't happen very often, but uh, I didn't know Bill up until a couple of years ago, and the reason I asked him to become the voice of the freeze is because I saw him doing stew games. So I needed somebody, and it's uh, kind of just blossomed into this amazing friendship, and he does everything from hanging signs for me to uh, doing the games, and just, you know, if you had a... uh, an opportunity to get to know somebody it's been a lot of fun so just uh, all i can give him is friendship so how's that for certainly the best in the business so, yeah it's it's incredible what he what he does and i don't want to embarrass you giving at all um i, just, I, I can't like, see me crying well yeah that's right. <laughs> <I'm talking laughs> and, uh, but it, when pete says that that means a lot um and john saying it uh, means a lot but yeah i think you're to be lauded for for the work you do and i mean the man was even had baked beans for a, bre- a fundraising breakfast. Oh, I don't don't get me started on the market. But still, well, I put myself uh, through yeah. this last week. <laughs> it was just yeah. stupid. But, yeah. but anyway, it, it was a lot of fun. It's about I'm glad I did it all. Community mindedness, <laughs> and I think uh, that's that can be a lost art. And there's not a whole lot out there uh, like you. So yeah, leave it to uh, John Hickey just to be down here having a beer and then turn around and start asking the questions yeah, at the podcast. Oh yeah, oh, that's, yeah. Take right over. <laughs> yeah, that's the way it goes. <laughs> All right, let's play an ad or two and get out of here. And uh, thanks, fellas. Uh, this has been a whole lot of fun. As folks at home, I hope, uh, hope you've enjoyed as well. Regional Service Commission 11 is now known as the Capital Region Service Commission. For all your building or subdivision permits, regional transportation, social mandates, and economic development questions, visit capitalrsc.ca. That's C-A-P-I-T-A-L-R-S-C dot C-A. Email info at crsc.ca, call 506-453-2956, or visit our office at 860 Prospect Street in Fredericton. Late Scratches is the podcast that sports fans are talking about in the greater Fredericton area. Stories, features, and special guests are filling the gap for what's happening in your favorite sport around the region. If you want to advertise in this medium, now's your chance. You can sponsor a show or have a 15-second commercial on Late Scratches, your stop for Fredericton and area sports stories. Email latescratches at outlook.com for details.